Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 372. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we just had a weekend of football, and I wasn't impressed with any team playing. Not one. Not one team impressed me. Um, it's it, it, What is this, a season of mediocre football? Uh, win is a win is a win, uh, and that's uh, what our buddy Will always says, that uh, that the only thing that matters is the W. And, uh, yeah, okay, so BC Lions got their first W. So did Montreal Alouettes. So, uh, yeah, there's not too many winless teams out there in the CFL right now. In fact, uh, what do we got here? Uh, wins the only winless team is Toronto. Yeah, the only winless team is Toronto. That's not bad. Week three's gone in the books. Week three, week four, week four, week four. Okay, but it was week three for them because they had a bye already. Anyhow, okay, I got a couple of rants. I got one. Well, it's, it, it's a two-parter. It's the same sort of thing. I, I, I want you guys to know something, okay? Just because I say something about a team or a player in the CFL does not mean that you get to turn around and rebut this by trashing the BC Lions. Okay, I didn't come out there and 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 say that my team is better than yours. I didn't come out there and say, oh, well, you guys are dirt in comparison to my team. I didn't do that. I didn't compare my team at all. I just basically made a comment about football, and then you turn around and throw back in my face what the BC Lions are doing just because I'm a BC Lions fan. You don't do this with other teams. You don't do this with other people. You just pick on me because I'm an admin of the group and I run a podcast. So you think that you can take liberties with me that you cannot do with other people. Well, that's going to change real quick. Anyhow, uh, a couple of things. Uh, We run this podcast, uh, the five of us. Is there five? Four? Four of us. Sometimes five. Uh, Phil sometimes want to play with us. Um, I finance it. Uh, we all participate. Charles has been here since day one. Uh, Mark and, and, and Will came in in the first year, and uh, we've been doing this now for four years, I think it was, four years totally. Uh, we do this for our entertainment, our entertainment. Uh, we do it because we want to do it. We want to uh, invest our time into doing this because we enjoy it and it's it, it's our release it's it we love to talk football if you did not listen to this podcast at all we wouldn't care and we would still do it we do appreciate the people who do listen to it and there's about 3500 of you a week on various different things whether it's on blog talk radio whether it's on podbean whether it's on Stitcher, whether it's on iTunes, or wherever it, it happens to be getting you be getting it from, which I appreciate you guys to listen to, and I hope you get something out of it. But you don't need, get to publicly criticize what we say, okay? And in an abusive manner, with foul language. 
It, it, it doesn't fly. If you don't like what I say, if you don't like the fact that I say that Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans should wear Canadian team colors when they're at a Canadian team event, or they should support the Raptors in their final game instead of being green, I have that right to say that. If you don't agree with it, find an argument. But do not trash me because of my opinion. Give me a counter argument. Okay? Try that. Try actually thinking and being responsive as opposed to abusive because that's exactly what you were, was abusive. Okay? I don't know why this... I'm going to open up the mics right now because I got to go do something really stupid. You guys start talking because I'm turning off my mic. Okay. Somebody start vacuuming. Not the vacuum thing so. Off. Was, I don't know. It sounded like a vacuum. Maybe that's why he left. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Maybe he forgot the cleaning to, day. I forgot to mute my mic. No, it's, it, you know, I asked him really nicely not to fucking vacuum while I'm doing my radio show. But no, can't do this during the day. They have to do it at night when the radio show's on. You know. Oh, my God, you know? No, fuck that. I turned it off. Pulled the plug. Broke the bitch. Okay, now. Now I, I, I messed up my rant. I was on a roll and everything else. So, and, you know, and, and I'm just going to continue on. Thanks, guys, for kind of doing whatever you did while I was up there. Um, I don't appreciate when you turn around and somebody barks at us that we're not talking about their team enough. Or we're not talking about their team in the right way. Or we're not talking enough about Eastern teams because all the guys on the podcast are from the West. Well, okay, if anybody from the East wants to be on our podcast, let us know. If you're willing to stay up and and participate in a live show, we welcome you, okay? Let us know who you are. If you can keep up with the wit and the quick thinking of the podcast, We'll bring you on. No problems. If you can do this, great. And you can talk all you want about your team until I shut you up. But that's, you know, I, I don't understand how people think that they can be critical of something that, that, that you don't like. Just because you don't like it, it doesn't mean you get to come out and bark about it. Okay? I'm paying for this. You, if you were paying for a subscription to my show, then you would have the right to criticize what we say. Okay? You don't. You don't have to listen to commercials. There's no sponsorship. This is 100% out of my pocket. And it and and the input of everybody on this panel. So, you know what? I you don't like it? Don't listen. I'm totally okay with that. But if you come out publicly on one of the Facebook groups and trash us, <laughs> You ain't going to be there very fucking long, I'll tell you that. And uh, we took out two guys this week because of that. And just because you don't like my opinion doesn't mean that you get to bark about it. Argue the opinion. Counter the opinion. You don't like what I say? Prove me wrong. I dare you. I dare you. You can't. Otherwise, you would. So I'm, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm just done with this. Welcome to the show, Mark. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It was nice to get out of town, but it's also nice to get back to where there's little things like flush toilets. Those are always pretty cool. 
Yeah. Between, yeah, the, they, between they, the cabin kind and of camping. Cool. Yeah. There's no flush toilets in the cabin? Nope. Why? No room to put them in. Probably don't even have an elevator. No. We have cold running water, but no. Why would you go? Because it's nice to get away from all the crap. That's what swim-up bars are for. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem with the cabin is that in order to get internet reception at times, you have to like stand on a rock with a coat hanger and angle the phone a certain way. Why? I, I, I'm back to why would you do this? Because it's fun. Doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> swim up, a swim-up bar sounds fun. Will, what do you think? A swim-up bar sounds good? Hey, they're fun in the water. I don't, I don't yeah. drink, and wherever there's a swim-up bar, I usually go to the beach instead. Yeah. There's too many drunks at the swim-up bar. Sorry. Yes. Well, the problem with the swim-up swim bar, swim of up course, up bar? is the fact. What was that? Like the world, folks. You don't want to sit in a swim-up bar, you know, that guys have been sitting drinking in for, you know, five, six hours. Yeah, yeah. And they haven't yeah, left. No. Yeah. Yeah, no. I've always been suspicious of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so, my friend. Rightfully so. Fair enough. Okay. So I would like to, Christopher, and I'm going to ask you permission right now. I think we do. We should do a new segment to this show. And we should call it Will McDonald's CFL Fashion Faux Pods. Okay. okay. I'm in favor of this. Okay. Are you talking about the so, Calgary Stampeder guy that blew his ass out? Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I'm in favor I'm of this. First, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna first talk about another quarterback. His name is Matt Nichols, okay. and he he got hurt. And he came out on the sidelines dressed in no blue bomber colors whatsoever. What does he think he is, Darian Durant? Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm paying you $500,000 a season to play quarterback. You better wear my shit, okay? It's free to him. No. They don't even charge him for it. That's the thing I don't get. Even even Mike O'Shea wears that stuff every day, okay? What, What the hell is up with that? Anyways, so that's number one. Number two is my favorite player, Bo Levi Mitchell. The only thing he was missing, he was trying to look like 1980s Olivia Newton-John. The only thing he was missing was leg warmers, okay? I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed I was going to cry, okay? Oh, I'm going like, to I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. I did, I did not see this. Come on, he was wearing sunglasses and a headband, and, and all I wanted to hear in the background was, let's get physical, physical, because I just laughed my ass off, okay? Oh, well, what can I say? Bo's never been a fashion icon, so no. I think I should do this every every show because, man, I'm telling you. Never before did I think we were going to have Will singing Olivia Newton-John on the show, so... No, I would have been running against that. I, you Charles know, I, life, I definitely would have. Charles, life is always about first, buddy. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would have bet money against that one. 
Like, man, I mean, Bo Levi Mitchell looked like a fly with those big sunglasses on and the headband, okay? Like, come on, buddy. Really? Does he think he's from, like, like South were you, were you auditioning for the Were you auditioning for the WWE or what? <laughs> Anyways. So, Will's fashion faux pas. So, you, you think we should I'm do that? Go. Yes. We should. Definitely. I don't know if we'll see them all the time, but I can come up with ones every every year. But unfortunately, my wife just came into the into the room that I'm in, and she decided to go to Shaw today to upgrade our system. And we hooked up the new boxes, and we've been trying to get it to work, and it's not going to work. And she just told me that a technician can't make it out until. Saturday. Oh. Are you shitting me? And I'm like, no, I am not shitting you. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the bar all week. Sorry. Thursday night, I'm going to the bar. Football games before then? I think Thursday night is a football game. Yep. They're not. It usually is. Yes, there is. BC and Edmonton Thursday night. You know, go to Boston Pizza and, and drink. It is stampede time in Calgary, so. Yep. You did just tell us a little while ago that you don't drink, so. And then you just said you're going to go to Boston Pizza and drink. You're going to go to Boston Pizza and drink. Well, he said that, didn't he? Diet Pepsi. I he can did. drink Diet Pepsi. I can drink Diet Pepsi and eat, okay? Which I shouldn't yeah. eat, but I'm going to anyways. Okay. So you figure that's acceptable. Sure. I'm okay with it. Absolutely. Perfectly okay with it. I'm perfectly but okay with anyway, it. Anyway, and I and I complained to you guys out loud because she's not in the house right now. She didn't hear me. So normally I wouldn't complain out loud because she beat me. So yes, yes, I I, I would have assumed that, and that's why I was really Cause, questioning. Cause you, ha- you just said you, that she walked into met- the room. Yes, and told me that, and then she went across the street for a minute. Okay. So, and Christopher can attest to my wife could easily, she's such a scary looking woman. She could really oh, beat me Oh, I could mess with her in a heartbeat. I would not. Intimidating no, like it, you wouldn't no. believe. Yes. Yes. No. Wouldn't go near that. No. 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 Never. No. No. Patty would just fuck you up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No. No. I, I, I can attest to that. I would, nice lady. She, wonderful lady. Always, okay. But yes. stay on her nice side. Because I got this feeling she, she could did, put on some serious hurt. The two facts that she did explain to me once upon a time was, number one, in bed we're the same height. And number two, I have to sleep sometime. Yes. Lorena Bobbitt. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you anyway. could sleep at work. Why is she yeah, I get fired then. Yeah, uh, I doubt so, it, but that's beside the point. I doubt it too, but. Anyway. You'd be, be a mess without you. Okay, can so. We talk um, can we talk football? Sure. Have we introduced you should, everybody? You Charles? Mark. Char- or Charles? I did introduce Mark. Mark was first. I don't think I introduced you. I think you just you just chimed in, didn't you? Um, no, I, I don't know. He just started me. talking about how scared he was of his wife. Well, that long before that, we did this is when Will barked in and, and wanted to do his fashion faux pas. 
I don't That's actually right. think I, I don't think I actually introduced him. So that that was Will. This is Charles. Okay, guys. Hello. Thanks. Yep. Hey, buddy. Hello. Anything interesting happening any, in your life, or can we talk football? Not like Will. I mean, I don't have any fashion faux pas or anything, but uh, yeah, nothing. Uh, it was an interesting week of football, to say the least. But yeah, uh, you call it interesting. Interesting can be good and bad. It doesn't necessarily mean good. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. Yes, there were four yeah. games. Uh, there were four games this weekend, and for all intents and purposes, they were all crap. Yeah. There wasn't. There wasn't a game worth watching. Not on repeat, Not really, anyhow. No. Not this week. And and the football this year hasn't been wonderful. There's it, been a it, few good yep. games. Yeah, uh, yeah, but Calgary considering we last week. Okay, let let's put it this way: we've we've watched. <coughs> let's let what is it? Four weeks times four, sixteen less one. Uh, we've watched fifteen games of football. There hasn't been five good games. No, I think that's fair. Okay. So, but it's also week four of the. I know it's week four, and it's. It's football. No matter what, it's football. It beats the hell out of watching anything. The best, the worst day of football is better than the best day at work. Yes. Oh, or or, or hockey or NFL or uh, anything. NF anything. Absolutely anything. Except for Winnipeg and Hamilton, every team has completely different players. So. Yeah, that's true. That's why it's taking a while. Okay, granted, I mean, how many starting quarterbacks besides Nichols and Mazzoli are there currently for another team? There isn't. Zach Caleros was it, and he got, what, three plays? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can count James Franklin because last year it was, in theory, was Ricky Ray. But, you know, no, there's no starting quarterbacks for the same team. Um, you look at with with Calgary, they lost. Oh yeah, believe many. Yeah, I forgot about Mitchell. Yeah, it's it's weird. He's forgettable. There's only, there's only two teams that stayed sort of stand pat from free agency. Everybody's brand new teams, and now you've got all these new quarterbacks in all of a sudden with injuries. So. Well, you know, if if that's the case. I mean, free agents are the best players on the t- in the league, right? Usually, the ones that demand the most amount of money and are able to go and get it. So if you're saying that Winnipeg and Hamilton didn't really get beat up in free agency, that probably means that their players weren't that good. Now that the only reason why they're doing real well right now is because their uh, teams have familiarity with each other. And that's going to end. Core, or their core was signed to three-year contracts. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Well, it could be because. Well, no, it could be because Winnipeg pays so much money for their players that they automatically sign three-year contracts. Yeah. Well, at well, least players like their the kicker. Cap. <laughs> well, we we'll hope get so. To the kicker. Oh, I'll talk about your the kicker you hate so much when we get to the bomber game. Hey, he 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 did an awesome job on that kick return, on that kick. The punt I don't where even, he went down and I'm, nailed it. He did, at what, I'm not good even heads talking up play. about that. I'm yeah, not even talking play. about that part of it. Oh, okay. Okay. 
So let's talk some football. First game up was the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Montreal Alouettes in Montreal at some ridiculously small little itty-bitty stadium that had no people in it uh, called McGill. To be fair, What's they going actually on? had a decent crowd. They had a great crowd, yes. I was stunned at seeing that. That's the only reason why I said that, Charles, is because they actually did have a good crowd. Oh, they didn't sense. have. A, if they didn't have a crowd, I, I really couldn't have said. I wouldn't have said anything. Fair enough. So, go ahead. You're talking. What happened? Well, I think the result of this one caught pretty much everybody off uh, by surprise because uh, um, the way the Montreal Alouettes had looked previous to this week. Uh, it looked like they would have had trouble beating a CIS team or U Sports or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, but give credit where credit is due. The Alouettes came out. It was their home opener. It's weird that the, it was their home opener in July. Everybody else seems like their home opener is a long time ago. But they came out and I got to say. Played um, play football. They, they played really well. I thought a lot of their game was really good. Of course, the big story on the day was the uh, William. Was it William Standback? Two hundred and three yeah. yards rushing and three touchdowns. A monster game for him. Um, the entire um, Hamilton team did not rush for a hundred yards. So there was a huge difference right there. Jeremiah Mazzoli actually had a lot of yards passing. He passed for over four hundred yards. A lot of it was between the 20s. And um, Vernon Adams coming in uh, for Antonio Pipkin, who's out with an injury, wasn't spectacular, but he managed the game well. He passed for 202 yards. He spread the ball out uh, pretty good and kept them moving. And the running yard, and hey, you want to talk about running, Vernon Adams also had 60 yards on the ground. And the the defense uh, stepped it up for Montreal. That's easily the best game they've played this year. I mean, I mean that just goes without saying because they've been shelled pretty much in every other game. But hey, Hamilton. A lot of people are saying Hamilton. This is their year. They're the uh, top dog in the East. But they didn't look like it uh, the other night. Hamilton, uh, Montreal for home opener got a good crowd, and um, hey, they stuck it to them. And they, were, um, they were full value for that win. The, the Montreal played very well in this football game. Uh, I don't think many people thought Montreal had this in them looking at their previous games. But, hey, they came out and surprised some people. And if they come out and give, um, they came, come out and give a similar effort, they're going to win some more football games. So good on Montreal. Kahari Jones, congratulations to him. He gets his first win as a head coach. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, uh, a great performance by Montreal, a good crowd. Here's my question, though. This, this, this kind of got brought up the other day on the uh, on the page, and someone brought it up, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Good point. So Montreal, and everyone was commenting that Montreal had a good crowd. They had 18,673. Why is it that when Montreal gets that, it's a good crowd, but if BC gets a similar crowd, it's called, it's considered crappy? I don't get that, but whatever. Um, good on Montreal. If they keep playing like that, this will not be their only win. And I think they've uh, at least put themselves ahead of Toronto 
Well, obviously they have the standings wise because they got a win and Toronto doesn't. But I think if you were looking at the two teams now, you'd probably put rank Montreal ahead of Toronto. Uh, so a good win. They were full value for it. Hamilton just didn't get it done in this one. Nope, they did That's not. Good. Yeah. Yep. No problems. Mark, you watch this on your rabbit ear TV in the middle of the bush. Mosquito country in in Manitoba, right? Uh, no, I did not see this game. I have seen highlights and I've read a whole Ugh. bunch of stuff on it, but there's not a lot I can say. Um, what's going to hurt Hamilton going forward is depending on Erlington's injury. Yeah, taking and I wanted to talk a little bit about that hit. I've seen D-backs doing this more and more and more, rather than actually tackle a guy. They dive straight at their knees. I can't stand that hit. To me, it's a gutless hit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I can't tackle this guy, so I'm just going to take his kneecap out. They always talk about player safety. You can't look at the quarterback's head anymore. It's going to get flagged. We saw it this week. But you can take a guy's kneecap out, and it's a, f- a fair play. I get it, it's a contact sport, there's hitting. But you never used to see this amount of guys doing that. And if Erlington's out for a while, it is going to affect Hamilton. Because he was looking like he was going to be a really good running back, and that was a tough shot that he took. And it showed Hamilton really just started throwing the ball all the time, and that's where the 400 yards came from. And stand back to have he also had from the stats like fifty yards or forty five yards receiving. Yeah, so, it was close to a three hundred yard game for him. From he showed flashes of it last year, and this is going to help Adams out going forward. Having that, if they can continue even half that amount of yardage in the running, getting a hundred yards, it takes a lot of pressure off him. From what I saw in red, Montreal was full marks for the win, and I'm I'm really excited for their fans. They got a win. That's yeah, it. yeah. They looked so depressed during the game, too. You know, it just looked like mm-hmm. they, they they just kind of expected a loss, and and then as the game progressed, and they didn't get their ass kicked, blown out. They they just started getting involved in the game, and by the end of the game, they were just jamming. Yeah. It was, a, it was a great game, dude. I, I would have loved to have been there. It would have been a great experience. It's, I have been there to watch a football game. It's tiny, but it's one of the most amazing views and stadiums I've been in for just a basic stadium. Cool. Good it's to know. It's really neat. And the atmosphere is party hard. Awesome. Love to hear that. You know, it, I'm not going to criticize Montreal fans. I, I have nothing to say about them. But the majority of people in the league really like to come down on Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver for their fan support. I'll tell you, Vancouver and Toronto have some of the most hardcore fans you will find anywhere in any stadium. Granted, there's not enough of them. But don't ever criticize the fans that do come out because they are awesome. 
and, and they believe. But when you're fans of a team that has millions of fans across the entire world, apparently, and the universe, they can't even name, and they can't even name their head coach. Yeah, they get the name wrong consistently, but they're the best fans and the most. Yeah, okay, good enough. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. Never said they were educated fans. They just they're fans. It's scary as it is. Okay. So we did Charles. We did Mark. Will, it's you. It's me. It's you. Oh, you yeah. are the one. Well, you are you are the one. You are the football let, god. Let, let okay? me educate some people. Let me educate some people. Football has not changed. Okay? You have to establish a running game, and then playing quarterback is much easier. Okay? Standback was outstanding, but if standback was outstanding, their offensive line had to be outstanding as well. And they were. Yeah. They, were quite, they were quite good, and they dominated the uh, offensive defensive line. You didn't hear... Jagarin Davis's name mentioned very much at all, and their offensive line dominated, and that's why they won the game. And it made it that much easier for Vernon Adams, because in that situation, when in doubt, you hand the ball off or you become a game manager. Okay, and he managed to do the things that he needed to do to win. And uh, it's not—it's not rocket science, man. It's simple. It's a defensive and offensive line. They have to have to be physical, and the game is that much easier. It's one so, and loss in the trenches. So, we all know this, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, it helps when Stanback, like Stanback was, like, he, he was he was really good. And we saw, we saw signs of that last year. That's why they traded to what's-his-name-to-BC near the end of the season, right? Uh, because Stanback. Yeah, because stand back, uh, younger, faster, stronger, and uh, he proved himself. So, and yeah, I was impressed with the Montreal crowd. They yelled and screamed, and and I'm even certain. You know what? It, if you think about it, that 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 team is actually starting to resemble a team, which it hasn't in a couple of years. So. Yeah, you know exactly. What I, mean? I do. We know exactly so, what you mean. That's about all I have to say about that one. Hmm. I got some chocolate chip cookies here. Somebody stole the chocolate chips out of them. I'd uh, go after the them out. Them. Yeah, either that or a rodent. I haven't seen any mice around, so I really got to blame it on the grandkids. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was the end of that game. Hamilton, Tiger Cats, 29. The Montreal Alouettes, 36. Montreal Alouettes won. They beat the Cats after that phenomenal game that they got pummeled in the, the week before. It wasn't a phenomenal game. It was boring. But so 
How hard is it to win a home-and-home series? Everybody says it's almost impossible to win a home-and-home series unless you're, like, super good. Well, Hamilton's not super good. Yeah, they had two great blow games, but you don't turn around and lose to the cellar dweller. I don't care how good you are. You don't do that. So don't expect them to do real wonderful things this year, guys. And just because I said the Ticats aren't that good of a football game doesn't mean you're allowed to send me a PM saying, well, neither are the BC Lions. Because I know that. I'm not stupid. I watch the games. We're not talking about BC, right? We're talking about Hamilton. Anyhow, who picked Montreal to win? Yeah, nobody would have picked Montreal. To... Oh, wait, what? Will. You got the mark, Will. You get the gold star. You are victorious. Victorious. I am a genius. By what was that, Charles? I said by default because nobody else picked them. Well, it's not really by default. I think he really went out on a limb and, and picked Montreal. Wouldn't you say so? Oh, yeah, of course. I yes, mean, I, and you... I did because if I don't win this competition, I've got so much to lose. Isn't there a million dollars in this? No, there's not. No, wait a minute. There's nothing. Okay, so yeah, I didn't really go out on a limb. <laughs> I just expect it. You know what? It's funny because the Owls, let's face it, the Owls showed pushback after getting beat by 2,000 points the week before. They had a little pride, which mm-hmm. I'm telling you, makes a difference. Yeah. Okay. So, anyhow, that's what that was. So, we're going to go over to the next game, which was the Winnipeg-Ottawa game, which is probably, possibly, the two better the, the, the two better teams played each other this game, um, if you can call Ottawa one of the better teams. If you look at Hamilton-Montreal, BC-Toronto, Calgary-Saskatchewan, yeah, well, whatever. I'm just making shit up now. Charles, talk to me about Winnipeg and Ottawa game. Well, this is more what I was expecting Ottawa to look like uh, in the off season. Once they got raided during free agency, I said, this isn't going to be a very good football team. And on Friday night, they were not a very good football team. Um, they were playing Winnipeg, who many people think are the class of the CFL. And Winnipeg wasn't spectacular in this game. I've certainly seen the Bombers play better games than this, but... Um, Ottawa was not very good. Um, Dominic Davis was back to throwing interceptions. The Ottawa had zero running game. Their leading rusher at 18 freaking yards. Um, their defense wasn't stopping anyone. And Winnipeg, it was that game was there to be had for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Winnipeg was not spectacular in this game. Uh, Matt Nichols was actually playing quite well, though. He was at 80% passing for 262 yards before he went out with the injury. But they were still a beatable beatable team on this night. But Ottawa just sh- didn't show up. Uh, they came through, uh, played um, uh, two uh, good games earlier in this season. But 
I think the the more real Ottawa team, the team that I was expecting and probably a lot of people were expecting, showed up here. Um, Dominic Davis, 21-36, Not great numbers. Two picks, no touchdowns. It was just a long night. The I don't believe that the Ottawa team even... Um, they had no uh, offensive touchdowns. I believe their only touchdown... Was it a special team? No, it was a defensive touchdown, right? Something like that. Um, but, yeah, uh, Winnipeg wasn't great, but on this night they didn't have to be because Ottawa just kind of pulled a no-show. I believe it was also Ottawa's home opener, if I'm not mistaken, or have they played one before? Oh, I can't remember. I think, they've been, I think yeah, they've been think, there before. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. All right, so... Um, so there were two week, quarterbacks. Week one was week, Ottawa. Or, sorry. Right. Week two was in Ottawa. Saskatchewan okay, in Ottawa. The, that shootout of the that, of the backups. That's right. Yeah. So there were two quarterbacks that came kind of back down to earth this week. One of them was Dominic Davis. The other one we'll talk about shortly. But uh, good on Winnipeg. Sometimes the good teams win games even when they have an off night. And I think that was the case on Friday night. And that's okay. Will. Yeah. Um, Talk football. You know what? Uh, if Ottawa can't beat Winnipeg without Matt Nichols, they're certainly not going to beat Winnipeg with Matt Nichols. And he wasn't in for, well, he was in for a while, but, um, and then Strebler came in, and to be honest with you, he's, with you, Strebler didn't impress me that much, but he didn't need to because I don't know. I, I I mean, Charles said Ottawa didn't come to play, but on the other hand, you could say maybe Winnipeg came to play and Ottawa just didn't look very good. And uh, early in the season, and I I think when Ottawa has looked like they've looked, they came back and beat Calgary, and then they beat. Edmund, or sorry, Saskatchewan. They might be reading their headlines a little bit, even after even after four weeks, and they just didn't look that good. It's pretty simple. And Winnipeg's, uh, I think the key to that whole game was Winnipeg's defensive line dominated in my mind. And maybe those guys, you know, were trying to prove something to Dominic Davis. And hey. I'm not going to say anything bad about Winnipeg. They didn't look great, but they didn't look bad. They looked like everybody else has been looking in the first four weeks of the season, and they won, and that's all that matters. And, uh, you know, um, I I would be curious to know in that game, and I've never talked to a special teams coach, but you would think that there would be one person on the field who is responsible to know where the kicker is at all times. You would think anyways, the way Medlock came down and kicked that ball out of bounds, like, isn't somebody responsible for the kicker? If he goes to the ball, don't you run him over? But I guess not. Anyways, good on Winnipeg. They're the only undefeated team in the CFL now, I do believe, so... 
Was that possible? They're kind of feeling, they're kind of feeling like Calgary has in the last three or four years, I would think. Hmm. So good for them. Go ahead. Okay. Mark, talk about your Winnipeg team. Will, you are 100% correct in that the defensive line absolutely dominated Ottawa's offensive line. This was by far the best game that Jefferson played since he came over. He's been pretty quiet, and he doesn't show up on the stat sheet as even having a tackle. But he was in Davis's face all game, and if he wasn't there, Jeff Coat was. It, they just collapsed Ottawa's offensive line. And without an interesting, we were talking about it earlier, an interesting penalty call taking a touchdown away, which would have put, would give another seven points to Winnipeg. Has anybody noticed that penalty call? We were talking yes. about it. Yes, it confuses the shit out of me. Get a touchdown. Jamarcus Hardrick decides to pancake somebody. Okay, unnecessary roughness, whatever. Agree, hundred percent. It's 100%. a dead ball foul. But it was called after yards were gained, which means at the end of the play, which means the end of the play was a touchdown. Those yards should have been marked off on the kickoff or on the single point. Okay, can I can I ask you a question here? I'm not going to argue with you because I don't know. So I'm going to ask you a question as to that play. Was that play a a, a passing play? Yes. Did he catch the ball in the end zone? No. So he caught the ball, gained the yards, Hardrick pancaked the guy, and then he ran into the end zone. Are you sure that it happened before he ran into the end zone? That's all I'm asking. Because if yeah, they said the announcers, the announcers it would have talked about it, it would have they would have said that it was a dead ball foul, but the the ref did not come back and give it a dead ball foul. He came back and said after yards were gained, but before the end of the play. They were talking. The announcers were talking about it, and they said from what they could see on the replays was it was after he was in the end zone. Okay, so I don't know. What are they, Maybe it was misread. Or is, is, is there a rule here that says that if there's a major foul during a play, but it would have been a dead ball foul then? Yeah. It would have been a touchdown plus um, 15 yards on the kickoff. One thing I'd like to see our refs do, what they do in the NFL, is they explain on calls like that, they explain the penalty. They actually say why the penalty yeah. was called. It would be nice for them to do that. It's just because honestly, now I didn't. I did watch the game when I got home. Without, and yes, will I agree? Matt Nichols should never run a football again, ever. If Nichols stays in that game and they stay with the same game plan, that was going to be. An ass kicking, because the, that was the most. Uh, Nichols wasn't even on that much last year, at all. The entire year, that was the best game he's played, and he only played what two and a half quarters. 
and you're right, Strepler isn't ready to be a starting quarterback. Um, if he is ready to be a starting linebacker, not a quarterback. But I was really impressed with the defensive line. Harris had his usual 130 yards. And it was a total dominant win, and it showed us really what we expected from Ottawa. The other thing I did want to bring up real quick, we, we always make fun of Medlock. I've got half my section yelling, more money Medlock when he runs out into the field. Is there a better punter in the CFL? And I'm not talking distance. His placement and the wonky kicks that he throws out, you know those ones that look like lame ducks and their line drives? and The, the play where he ran down and need the ball out, that ball bounced a yard towards the end zone, flipped up in the air, and bounced back three yards. He practices these punts. There are punts where he kicks the ball virtually sideways. That's what he does all practice. He doesn't he does his field goal stuff. But his punting, his placement, he only had a thirty six yard average, but they only had about thirty five yards in punt returns on six punts. That's a six yard average. That's amazing placement punting. You can be John Ryan and kick the ball sixty yards down the field and then kick all of your coverage all you want. When you got a guy averaging six yard returns, that's it. I think he's one of the best placement punters in the CFL. And I can't see an argument against it. I've tried to find one. And well, I can't. Maybe this year. Um, I, I think Richie Leone is a hell of a punter. For different and, and it, placement. It, it, phenomenal placement when he was playing for the Lions. I don't before he went down to the NFL. Um, Ty, Ty Long last split. year was a, an amazing. He put it in the coffin corner more times than I'd ever year. seen a punter do. Um, uh, Medlock so, led the league last year with 13 behind the 10-yard line. 13 depends on where you're kicking from. If you're kicking from your 10-yard line, then there's no way that you can put it in the coffin corner. Okay, you can't do it. Uh, you can't cherry okay? pick it like that. You look at the stats. He had 13 punts behind the 10-yard line. Best in the CFL. That means that your team isn't putting the ball in the end zone. <laughs> Not talking about the offense or the defense. I'm talking about the punter. I understand that, Mark. But what I'm trying to tell you is that it depends on where you're kicking the ball. You go, you can have a punter that is kicking from the the opponent's 40 yard line, and he's never going to win the punting championship award because he can't kick it far enough. There's not enough yards between him and the goal line to do that. He can't kick a 60 yarder when he's at the 40. Then you place the ball in there. Then you place the ball. But what I'm saying is Medlock had the opportunity of kicking from the 40 more than any other kicker in the league. He had six punts last game. Because Winnipeg offense always stalled. He had six punts last game. The return yardage against him average was six yards. 
per punt return. Six in the CFL, where you have a five-yard halo. That tells you he's placing the ball. It's not about distance. Nothing. He doesn't have a long leg. It's placement. It's placement. And, 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 And I'm not criticizing his placement of the football or his ability to do that. But you're just, you came out with something that said he is the best punter in the CFL. I gave you an argument. I gave you... I said placement punter. Fine. But you you don't have to place the ball when you're kicking it from your own 20. He does. You can't. He does. You place the ball near the sidelines. I watch... The BC game, you watch. Every punt is right down the middle of the field. If you put the ball on the sidelines, there's only one place that guy can go. Okay, the only thing i got to say to you on that is if the coaching staff wanted the kicker to do something else, then the kicker would be doing something else. Okay? Otherwise, he wouldn't be the kicker very long. Maybe that's why BC has a new kicker every year or two. You see what I'm saying? Because three of the last four have gone to the NFL. I I really don't see how that – does it matter? That's what I was going to say too, yeah. They all go to the NFL. So did Medlock. Yeah. Right, but he wasn't able to stick. Like the BC punters. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) I, I'm not saying that they are or they aren't. I'm just trying to say is that you're saying that BC's punters aren't that good. Well, you're wrong. The statement's wrong. I didn't wrong. say they're not that good. I said Medlock's the best in the CFL at placement punting. At this point in time, yes. yes. I'm not going to deny that. And last year, too. And last year. That's a debate. Okay. Thank you for your input on this game. Would you like... Can I throw my two cents in for a second? Hell yeah, why not? I think punters should be banned from football. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you've said this before, and then I question you on why do we call it football? You don't, if you want to take the kicking out of football, why do we call it football? <laughs> I, I'm fine. Why don't we call it soccer and let them call their, their sport? Well, well, yeah, but you think about it. You think about it, how many... Footballs. How many times do they touch the foot to the ball to their foot in an actual game? Ten, fifteen times. So we shouldn't call it football. We should call it I don't know. Soccer. Um, Throw ball uh, doesn't no, sound good. No, we shouldn't good. call it soccer. Throw ball doesn't just, sound good. We should just call it I don't know what we should call it. A game. There's more kicking in rugby. Uh-huh. There's more kicking in every game except for baseball. Except for baseball. Basketball, too. You're not allowed to kick in basketball. True. So why do they – well, yeah. So it, does, it doesn't really suit the sport to call it football. But, oh, well, we're not going to be able to change that. They can't even change the Eskimos' name. So how are we going to change the football name in the CFL? Come on. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm just dealing with stupid people. Okay, yeah. So, final score on this game here. Winnipeg was victorious. Um, no doubt there. And uh, it's amazing how many people actually didn't pick Winnipeg to win. And Will was one of them, and Phil was the other. Yeah, Phil, Phil kind of gave us his scores as we were going along here in the last show. Um, so, Winnipeg was the actual score was 29 to 14. Charles, you're out by 15. Mark, you're out by 13. What? What? CJ gets a mark? CJ actually caught, picked the game correctly? Wow. Out by six points? I get a gold star. I get a gold star. First one this year. I'm pretty happy. Needless to say, Will's got four of them, and I've only got You're one. You're on the board. I'm on the board. I'm not. I'm not. Owen has left the building. You. Okay. You're just like uh, uh, Devon Claybrooks. You got your first win. He got his I first win. I got my win. first win. I'm so excited. Yay! Okay. Next game up. Speaking of Devon Claybrooks, first victory. The BC Lions traveled east to Toronto to play the Argonauts at BMO Field, and. Uh, this wasn't a football game. <laughs> there was nothing good about this game. Oh, God. Charles, go ahead. Take it away. You're top of the order. This game was an abomination. It really was. It was terrible football game. I kept waiting for stuff to happen, and I kept getting let down because this, this was a dog of a football game. It really was. I hate to say that because my team was playing on it. Boy, this was a very dull football for long stretches of time. Um, there were, there were, they, it had its moments, let's face it. It's always exciting to see Chris Rainey uh, take a punt back for a touchdown. Uh, which um, it, it was when he was I in BC. I preferred it more when he was wearing orange, mind yeah. you, instead of blue like on Saturday. Uh, he also got blown up on a hit previously. I'm, su- I'm surprised Rainey was still in the game um, at that point because who was it? I believe it was Jordan Herdman-Reed who, who just hammered Chris Rainey for the ball to fly backwards about 10 yards. He thumped him on one return. Um Mike Riley was still running around way too much for my liking. I thought that the uh, offensive line was starting to gel uh, because I actually thought they played a pretty good game in Calgary the week before, but I thought he was, they were back just letting way too ma- much pressure on him. He's, they're they're going to get him hurt. They've got to they've figure out how to, get these, how to get that offensive line tightened up because – He's going to get hurt eventually. They, he's getting hit too much. Um, I remember back when the Lions signed, um, uh, who was it, Lamar Durant, and Will saying he was nothing special, that it was not a big deal. I believe he's now third in the league in receiving. He's top three, and he has a touchdown in every single game this year. So I think he's doing pretty well. The Lions also got a great performance, best rushing game 
by a country mile their best rushing game of the season. They had uh, 12, y- they have 12 yards? Yeah, um, yeah, a little more than that. John White was outstanding. He rushed for over a, he rushed for 130 yards and a touchdown. Big game for him. And you know what? The BC Lions defense, for the most part, played very well in this football game. Until we got to the game tying drive, and in particular, the touchdown by James Wilder Jr. That was the one of the worst laziest displays of tackling I have ever seen. Uh, Anthony Thompson just goes for the ball, tries to knock the ball out. Jordan Herdman-Reed tries to shoulder tackle James Wilder Jr. Just tried to knock him down by putting his shoulder into him. Have you not seen this guy? James Wilder Jr., for his credit, when he gets going, he is a tough guy to bring down. You're not going to bring him down just putting his shoulder into him. It's not going to happen. And then two other Lions defensive players missed him, and he just kind of waltzed into the end zone. They, the Lions defense had played so well, I thought, up until then, and then just completely uh, collapsed on that drive. For the second week in a row, they give up a tying touchdown in the final minute. So that's uh, that's something that's got to be worked on. The Lions are having trouble closing out games. Obviously, they could be two and two. They could be three and one. They could be four and zero. Oh, but their defense has been in the second half and in particular the fourth quarter has left a lot to be desired on the field. And then that crazy end. Well, first of all, before we get to the crazy end play. What in the hell are the Toronto Argonauts thinking doing a pooch kick that rolled out of bounds? Do they not know who the quarterback is on the other side? So you just tied the game, but you're going to give Mike Riley 45 seconds and the ball on his own 45-yard line? Are you crazy? Why in the hell are you not kicking it deep there? I mean, I suppose they were maybe trying to surprise him with a pooch kick to recover it. But, sorry, there was no Argo within 15 yards of that ball. So if that was your, uh, if that was your um, intention, you failed miserably there, too. So then we line up for the game-winning field goal. Um, oh, God, the, why am I drawing a blank? The kicker's name, um, the Lions kicker, uh, Serge... Or, um, Sergio Castillo. Sergio Castillo. Why am I? Uh, I'm thinking a different last name. I remember the Sergio part, but I couldn't remember the last name for some reason. So he lines up for the game-winning field goal. He actually kicked the game-winning field goal, but the Lions moved for a procedure call. And going into this <laughs> kick, Sergio Castillo was perfect on the year. So of course he misses it, and then. Um, what's his name? Oh God, I, I was just talking about him. Uh, the Chris Rainey. Rainey. God, oh my God. Oh, it's getting too late. I need to go to bed soon. Rainey catches the kick. Looks like he's ready to run it out and try and run it back for a winning score, and steps on the back line. One point, and the Lions win by a rouge. It wasn't a masterpiece. Hell, if it was a grade one art project, it would have failed. 
But as Will says over and over again, a win is a win is a win. That's all that matters. It's all, and it is all that matters. Devon Claybrooks gets his first win. It wasn't unsure how they drew it up, but whether you win by one or you win by 30, you get two points in the standings. So it wasn't the greatest game. I was happy with the outcome with the Lions win. They still got work to do. Don't let that the win fool you. But, hey, they got the win. They finally got the monkey off their back. So let's. sometimes you need an ugly win to uh, to get things going. So let's hope that this is kind of a kick in the ass for the Lions. Give them a little bit of confidence because they got a tough game coming up this week. They got Edmonton. Things didn't go very well the last time they played Edmonton. So let's hope this win gives them some confidence and they're able to bring their A game against uh, Edmonton this week because they're going to need it to beat them. And that's it for me. Now that I've rambled incessantly. Yeah, really. Like, really. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speak up. You watch you know, the BC game? You know, ah, God, yes, I did watch the BC game. You know, it's not very often, depending on how, it's not, even if it's a boring game, I usually watch the whole thing through. And I watched the first half of that game, and it just, it bored me to tears, okay? So, I walked away for about 20 minutes and came back, and when it's a boring game, what I'll do is I'll fast forward until the score change changes, then I'll stop. Well, I'm fast-forwarding, and I'm fast-forwarding, and there's no score change, and there's no score change. So I didn't watch... I watched the first half, didn't watch much of the second half. I saw the scoring plays. Um, I'm sorry, that game was awful. And the only reason BC won was because I think they have a better coaching staff than Toronto. Okay? And wow. as, and I, I, I think part of BC's problem is a very inexperienced coaching staff, okay? And they will get better. But I don't know why the hell anybody hired Corey Shamblin because he obviously doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, Over it was 1,200 just, games without a win. It was just brutal. Did you say 1,200 games without a win? 1,200 days, think so. sorry. Not 1,200 days, days, okay. I thought sorry. you said games, but like, He's not 94, Charles. Come on. I think Holy I did by shit, accident. Eh? I, I meant to say 1,200 days. Oh, okay. Um, it just wasn't a good football game. You know, on BC's side, um, yeah, Charles, I'll give you Lamar Durant. He's looked good. He's looked good on a one-in-three football team. Um He's looking good in the league if you really look at the stats, Will, whether it's Calgary, yeah, Edmonton, yeah. Toronto, and, but, Hamilton, but or Winnipeg. Once again, there's only one stat that matters. Um, uh, you know what? And what's his name? In the last two games, and I remember saying three weeks ago that BC needed a running back. But you know what? White has not looked that bad in the last two weeks. No, he hasn't. Okay. But so they got to give him the makes, ball for him to look good. Yeah, but that makes a difference. It makes a difference, okay, when you have a little bit of a running game. 
Mike Riley's not going to get his skull caved in that often. Okay, so, you know, hey, like I said, a win's a win, and we see boring games all the time, and this one was a snoozer. There's no doubt about it. Um, uh, the best part of that game for me was listening to Odell Willis on the live mic, okay, because that was entertaining. That man, that man is entertainment, let's face it, okay? There's no doubt about it. He's, uh, he's there to entertain, and if you give him a mic, look out. Okay, so, but yeah, BC got a win. Owens left the building, and hey, let's do it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know what, and I I think part of the reason BC played like they did, because they didn't play great. I mean, when you lose... When you lose, when you're ahead and you dominate a game and then you actually lose at the end of the game, i.e. the Calgary game, it's a bit of an emotional letdown. And I think a week is is pretty hard to recover from that in a week. And But they did have some fight back, and, and they won the game. That's all that matters. And I can't believe how many how many people are out there on – all our pages saying that we should that rouge is the stupidest rule on the face of the earth oh, and it shouldn't I, I, be part of the game and it's like give me a break. It's been there for a hundred years. We're not changing it, okay? There, there's, there's two ways in which to score points in the CFL. Okay? You kick the uh-huh. ball into the end zone and that gives you a point. Uh-huh. If you kick right. the ball into the end zone, but through the uprights, you get three points. If you throw right. the ball into the end zone, you get six points. And if you run the ball into the end zone, you get six points. Those are called touchdowns. Okay? Yep. If you kick the ball into the end zone, you should get a point because you're close enough to do that. If you kick it through, try to kick it through the uprights and fail – you still kicked it into the end zone. You still scored. Isn't the purpose of the whole point is to get the football into the end zone? Well, you get a one point. You get a rouge. Makes sense to me. Perfect sense to me. You don't get a point getting a field goal. You get a goal for successfully. You get a point for successfully getting the ball into the end zone. It, so in, 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 all, in all honesties here, okay, so if you don't get a touchdown, you failed. So why are you getting a field goal? We, we should eliminate field goals then. If you don't like the rouge, we should get rid of field goals because our bottom line is that if you don't score a touchdown, you're no fucking good anyhow, right? Isn't that the way it goes? If you don't like the rouge, why do we like a field goal? Stupid people. Yep. I mean, and I heard all the arguments the about. I heard all the arguments today about if you hit a goalpost in the NHL, you should get half a point. If you do what? this, you should get this. And yeah, you heard that me. That doesn't even make sense. Okay, they're they're comparing the ruse to all these other things, and it's like Personally, guys, it's been there forever. Personally, I you so, know when you hit the upright with a football and it's a dead ball. I think you should get yeah. four points for that because that's fucking amazing. You couldn't do that if you tried, you know? 
Well, no, I but I did ball get my four ass. points. I, you, you should no, get I, I, for I would be. I would be good if putting a rule in there saying that you did get four points for hitting the uprights, because then yeah. these guys are actually trying to hit the uprights, and that's a yeah. skill. So, yeah, and, and and you're you're more likely to miss than to, to score if you're trying to hit the uprights. That's correct. That's correct. No, I'm all over that. I think you should get four points for hitting the upright. None of this dead ball foul shit. Okay. Dead ball stuff. Not a foul. Sorry. It's not a foul. It's just dead ball. Um, Okay. So, uh, Mark, did you talk about BC? You didn't. It's your turn. Nope. Nope, not yet. I was actually as boring as the game was, and I think we can all agree it wasn't the best game in the season so far. Um, Bethel Thompson actually did impress me. I thought he played really well, all things considered. Um, BC absolutely shut down Darrell Walker and S.J. Green. S.J. Green did not have a good game. Uh, He was targeted eight times. He only caught three balls. Um, Walker was targeted three times. He, He at least caught two of them. But Armani Edwards, he kept Toronto in the game. He kept getting the big, when they would get to the penalty troubles and get like second and 15, he was getting 15 to 20 yards. You know, he had 90 yards receiving, and he only had 17 yak yards of that 90. So he was running great long routes to bail. He bailed uh, Bethel Thompson out a few times. And the offensive line for Toronto, I thought, played well. They really didn't. BC had a bit of a rush, especially more into the second half. But I thought they held up pretty well. This was by far the best Toronto's looked. And if they can continue playing like this, and Rainey gets used to the three yards less end zones in Toronto, <laughs> I think that... I think that was part of it because he did look. He walked to the back of the end zone, and he did look. But then, of course, once the kick is kicked, okay, oh, no, i got to move here. i got to move there. He lost track of where he was. He's going on, you know, visual markers of where he can put his foot down as he's looking up. And have you ever seen anybody more pissed off and knew it right away as soon as he caught the ball and planted his foot to run? At first, it was like, why the hell are you spiking the ball? Oh, to lose that way, that's got to kill on him. Uh, He wasn't happy. Oh, no. There was actually a couple of people on the game chat that were saying, well, you know, he he hasn't been in the league that long. It's like, have you been under a rock for the last 15 years? It was a mistake. Yuck. But one, I think one that was caused by the smaller end zones. Of course it was. And that's, True. Yeah. It is, True. but at the same time, it's your home field. you got it, it on is. your home field. Oh, no, exactly. But, you know, just to lose that way, especially as good as they played, to come back. This is how Toronto's going to have to win games, is boring, ugly football. Yeah. Um, and what's with Mike Riley? What about him? It, he is the grumpiest son of a bitch I've ever seen. Well, 
I, I don't say that I blame him. Was he ever like that before in Edmonton? No. He, I was just no. – well, I don't know. I think I've seen him before when he's had that look on his face. He, but not game gets, after I mean, game. Well, yeah. He, I, don't, like, I don't know if it's the play on the field, if he's mad at himself, if he doesn't like the play calling. He just – he doesn't seem himself. I think it's he just did. frustration because this game – because it's been such a slow start to the season, and I don't think he's really all that used to it. Well, he's definitely not used to the. Well, yeah, I know he's been on some pretty bad teams in Edmonton. Oh yeah. But, you know, and he loves to go throw the long ball. The longest th- ball he threw was tw- or completed was twenty nine yards. Mm-hmm. And he usually goes a lot higher than that. But you also got to remember too, they were missing their number one. Uh, yeah. Weapon, yeah, with Burnham out. Ryan Burnham. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was one of those games that bad coaching, a mistake by a veteran player, and he knew it immediately. And it got them to win. You take a win any way you got it, but at the end of the season you're not gonna go, Well, we should really only give them half a win because you know, who cares? You got two points. Oh, hell yeah. And that's why I say the, the the wins in week one are just as important as the week wins the 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 wins in week twenty one, just well, as important. B, BC loses so. this game. BC loses this game, and Winnipeg's already got you know three wins and a game in hand on them. It's a huge win from BC's standpoint. Oh yeah. It keeps them now tied with Saskatchewan, which we'll talk about. So. And especially with Winnipeg's schedule coming up, the next five games. Yeah, all east. I'm not worried about Winnipeg's schedule. BC's not <laughs> trying to beat Winnipeg for the top of no. the, the Western Division. They just need to get in the playoffs. Separation. You just don't want to. I don't care. I could care less. I care about making the playoffs. We have to be better than Saskatchewan, and it. We are. Just not really showing it right now. Well, we'll find out. Aren't we playing Saskatchewan next week? No, yes, uh, no, not next week. No, next week it's Edmonton, and then I believe they have a home and home with Saskatchewan after that. Right, we play Edmonton and then we go home and home with Saskatchewan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll find out where where BC is. Right. We'll find out whether yeah. how they. I think the first game against Edmonton in week one was or sorry, week two, wasn't really the BC Lions. Now, if they haven't got their shit together by week six, then I, I got no – or week five, I got no response, you know? They they better play some football is, next week. The Lions do typically play better at home. Always yeah. have, so. We'll, we'll find out, won't we? That's next week. We will. Okay. So, final score on this game – was BC Lions 18, Toronto 17. And the big loser of this week was CJ, who picked 38 points, was off by 38 points. There wasn't 38 points combined between the two teams, never mind being off by that much. Um, winner here was Phil. He, he, he cut the line at 12. So, uh, Another mark for Phil. 
Uh, we're just going to give it to him, even though he's not on the show right now. Uh, actually, I kind of he didn't get to get. I haven't heard from him in, uh, since the last show. Uh, and the next game up, Charles, please take over and talk to us about the Calgary Stampeders, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, in Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Uh, to a not a repeat not sold out audience. Uh, might be a great crowd, but attendance at all stadiums are down. Don't just mm-hmm. pick on the big cities. The little city's not doing so good either. Okay, Charles, go ahead. I only saw really the first quarter of this game, and then I was out for the rest of the night, so I was kind of getting updates on my phone and watching um, highlights and so on. But that sound you heard last night with Cody Fajardo uh, crashing down to earth because yeah. he had been spectacular the last two games, not so much in this one. This one was uh, a, a rough night for him, um, throwing two picks, passing for a grand total of 89 yards. That ain't getting it done, and especially when your top running back, William Powell, only runs for 50 yards. You're not having a good offensive night when those two things are happening, and they didn't have an offense, good night offensively, only 249 total yards. Uh, so let's talk about the guy on the other side, the other backup in, Nick Arbuckle. Um, he just followed up his good performance um, against the Lions last week in relief of Bo Levi Mitchell. And he just continued. He was on fire most of the game, only missing three passes. 19 to 22, 262 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. There's no need at this point for the Stampeders to be rushing Bo Levi back because, well, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but he's doing just fine. Uh, Nice receiving game here. Um, Reggie Bagleton, 102 yards. Uh, Eric Rogers in a, a slower night, although he did have a touchdown, 26 yards. Um, the defense of the Calgary Stampeders came to play. They sacked Hamilton or Saskatchewan quarterbacks five times. Ouch. While their counter, yeah, five times. While their counterparts, uh, the Saskatchewan, they got three, so they weren't le- left behind, but, um, this game was a Calgary ass kicking almost from the kickoff. It was 15 to three at halftime, and Saskatchewan made no real adjustments at halftime, and uh, Calgary pulled away in the second half. So a big game for the Stampeders. So they've had a lot of changes too, like the Lions, but they keep rolling along. Like Will says, next man up, and they're showing it right now. Another big, a good performance. Saskatchewan, yeah, no, the the chirping and the great team. Remember that article from that one dude saying, oh, yeah, the Riders are a contender. Well, they didn't look too contender light on Saturday night as they got their ass kicked at home by 27 points. Yeah, so, uh, yeah let, 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 Yeah, it makes a big difference when you're pl- not playing Toronto. Well, unless you're the Lions. All right, that's all I got for this game. Okay. William. 
your Calgary Stampeders. They didn't look too shabby with uh, Nick Arbuckle back there and at quarterback. You know what? I uh, was quite concerned about this game going into it. Watched the BC game, and they didn't have lots. They still won, but they didn't have lots. In my mind, um, BC dominated that game for three quarters. Um, But I, I should never doubt, and I've said this on the show numerous times, I should never doubt the Calgary Stampeders coaches because they are they're good at what they do. Dave Dickinson is good at what he does. There's no doubt about it. And obviously one of the things that he does best is getting quarterbacks ready. And they talk, they constantly talk about their system and guys fitting into their system. They don't get guys and fit the system around the guys. They get guys that will fit in their system. And you know what? The defensive and offensive line dominated last night. And the guys on the defensive line, other than Cordero Law, are nobodies. We've never heard of them before. And it was, it was, it, that is probably the, one of the biggest team efforts I've seen in, in a couple of years. And, you know, and they established the running game, which, which once again, for a, a quarterback who hasn't played very much, when you dominate on the offensive line and you have a running game, it makes his job that much easier. And the thing I was impressed about most is, hey, they've got Charlton Hughes. They've got Mika Johnson. And I, and I think Calgary's offensive line took that personally. And they still got three sacks, but, hey, they still they ran the ball a lot, and I think one of the keys is they they had a tempo difference when they put Terry Williams in him as opposed to the other guy that they had. And uh, the thing I was most impressed about is this Klukas guy, and I don't know what his stats were last night, but he had two catches that I remember that were awesome. This is a this is a Calgary kid who's one of their Canadian receivers. And they've got big, he's the guy who also uh, deflected or caught the ball on that uh, short kickoff against BC. And you know what? The organization has, organization has pride, and they were going to go into Saskatchewan and not lose. And Dave Dickinson did say today the key to that whole game was scoring on their first drive, because when you get a lead in Saskatchewan, most of the fans shut up. So I, I can't. You know, and the the best thing about that game is I was watching interviews today, and all the Stampeders are like, yeah, that game's over. Let's talk about next week now. It doesn't matter to them. They just, they've got a goal, obviously, and we'll see what happens. And if Nick Arbuckle plays like this, you don't have to rush Bo Levi back, ever. So. So. Yeah. There you go. That's actually something we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So you'll have to do yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But, no, I was impressed with Calgary last night. And I know it is only against Saskatchewan. But, I mean, Cardi, Cody who? Because he was non-existent in that game. So, and, oh, well, sorry, I want to talk about one other thing. Trey Roberson, man, this guy, this guy has – 
I think, five interceptions already this season. And he should have seven. And I was watching an interview with him today, and everybody on the Stampeders team says, this guy, all he does is watch film till his eyeballs fall out. And he knows what teams are doing. And he's, uh, he's pretty impressive. Cool. And if he keeps it up, he won't. If he keeps it up, he won't be here next year. So, go ahead. Okay, Mark, it's you. This game was definitely won by Calgary's offensive line. They did open up some nice holes for the running game, which was nice to see from Calgary's standpoint. But Art Buckle was going through his first read, his second read, his third read, and then going to the safety valve. He was just standing there. He really didn't have to roll out a lot. He didn't have to scramble really a ton in the backfield. Yeah, you know, they gave up three sacks, but Saskatchewan's defense is all about getting the quarterback. When they got, they've got a good defensive line, and so they're all coming for the quarterback. And I don't really know if they kept max protection in with the running backs and stuff like that. It didn't seem like it because they were the guys getting the safety valve throws. So that offensive line did a number on Saskatchewan's defensive line. For a raw rookie, really, you know, people are saying, well, he's been in the league a couple of years already, three years, whatever it is. Same as Fiardo. You can be in the league for 25 years if you're never on the field. You're still a rookie in your first game or your first couple of games. For a rookie to stand there and be able to do four reads before deciding where he's throwing the football, you can't ask for anything more than that. And Roberson, like Will said, he was a monster. If he wasn't intercepting, he was getting in their faces. He was making life miserable for them. And it was entertaining watching him let them know every single time, too. Um, this was a beatdown. It was kind of close. for the, In the first half, Saskatchewan was kind of sticking around, but you could see Fiardo just, he came, as Charles said, he crashed back to earth on this game. He finally played a real good defense, and it showed. But this game was just a beatdown. That's it. Yeah, it was a game over big time. And you know what? The the better team won. Anybody who thought that Calgary was going to be a shit team this year because of the amount of people that they lost does not understand the philosophy of the Calgary Stampeders. Okay. Are they as good? Are they as powerful as a team as they were last year? No, at this point in time, they are not 21 weeks. We're through four. Give them time. They're the team that scares me right now. Okay. Saskatchewan. I picked Saskatchewan to be at the bottom of the Western Division this year for the simple fact that Zach Caleros would not finish the season. 
he didn't finish the first quarter. They have no I, if Cody Fajardo was a great quarterback, if he was a starter in the CFL, BC would have had him playing football last year because last year we didn't have a quarterback. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. I did. Okay. Final score was Calgary 37, Saskatchewan 10. They got a lot more points than I thought they would. Anyhow, um, no, that's not true. Charles, you actually picked Saskatchewan to win. Mark, you picked picked Saskatchewan to win. Phil, you picked Saskatchewan to win. I picked Calgary to win. Actually, I picked Saskatchewan to win, and I changed my pick. I changed it. After we were off air... I picked it. I changed my pick and I gave it to um, our statistician and I sent it off to the group, made sure everybody knew that I had changed my pick from Saskatchewan to Calgary. Unfortunately, I picked Calgary score pretty close, but I overestimated what Saskatchewan was going to do by way too many. So I lost and Will won this one. So that's two victories for this week. He is winning the standings for the year with four. Charles, Mark, and Phil are tied with three. And CJ is acting like an Eastern Division team Uh, with one. Okay, enough of this. I'm going to throw that one in the bin. That's over with. And we're going to go and grab the agenda here and carry on with segment five. Bo Levi Mitchell has placed on a six-game injury list due to his chest injury. We believe that he has a torn or pulled pectoral muscle, but I don't believe that it's ever come public as to what the actual problem is. Um, a tear, torn pectoral muscle hurts like a motherfucker, and uh, you don't just come back after that injury. So um, he will... St- He's on the sixth game. Will he sit out all six games? The stamps say that he won't. This is he's put on the sixth game as a, a what do they call it? Um, anyhow, uh, precautionary. That's the big word I'm looking for. Uh, precautionary yep. uh, that because he is making because of a million dollars, if uh, he's on the sixth game, that's a third of the season. They would save two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of salary cap if he's on for the entire six games, okay? And every game after that, it increases as he goes towards the end of the season. So right now, uh, $250,000 would buy them a top-quality O-lineman if there was one available. Uh, It could bring in a couple extra players. It really could bolster their team right now. Uh, So... I think it's advantageous for them to keep Bo Levi Mitchell on the sixth game, the entire sixth game. Having him on there for four games is stupid. If he can, if he's on there for two games, you might bring him back. But why? I uh, get get him healed, and if he doesn't heal properly, keep him there for the six and save the money and get some players in there. It's going to help you come October or September, September, October, which Calgary usually doesn't need any help in that time of the year, and they, they may this year. 
So will he sit on the for the entire six games? I think so. I think so. I think you got to think that uh, Nick Arbuckle's got to get them at least fifty percent of the games, if not more. And uh, let's let's face it, Nick Nick won a game, and uh, actually Nick won two games, and. Uh, because Bo Levi Mitchell was just absolutely losing the game against BC, and Nick Arbuckle came in and won it. So if that's the case, then Bo Levi Mitchell hasn't won a game yet this year, and Nick Arbuckle's won two. So Calgary, change up at quarterback. I don't know. Charles, what do you think on this one? Yeah, well, you know what? Um, if Nick Arbuckle keeps playing games like he played on Saturday, there's no need to bring Bo Levi Mitchell back because he was outstanding. He only missed three passes. I know Bo Levi Mitchell is the guy. I know he's the guy that's making the big money. But that's all the more reason to leave him out and have him be 100% healthy before he comes back. They've made a huge investment in him in the off season. So the last thing they need is him to come back early and get injured even worse. So I know people would say, oh, if it's Bowley by Mitchell, if he's 80%, 85%, he'll come back. Well, no, don't do that. There's no reason to it. You want this guy, if he's your guy, go, the starter going forward, you want him healthy down the stretch in the fall and into the playoffs. And if Arbuckle is getting the job done, get him the guy – yeah, let them do that and get 100% healthy. There is no reason um, to rush him back if Arbuckle keeps the team afloat. And um, you know what? You keep him on for all six games, you save all of that salary. So there's uh, literally, when you look at it, there's mo- no real um, detriment to leaving him on there all six games and just letting Arbuckle take the ball for the next six because, um, you know what, if they're getting the job done, let him heal up and let him be 100% healthy. Well, think about it, okay? If he's uh, if they run six games and he's 500, then that means that they're going to be four and uh, four, no, five and three at the end of eight games. How's, how's that three, a bad yeah. thing? How, how, how's exactly. that bad? It's not. I'd be I, I'd be happy if the BC Lions were five and three. I think most people would. I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I I I would be pretty happy with that. Well, no, they wouldn't be. They would be. Uh, they would. They would be four and four. They were one and one before, right? I'd still be glad with that. Yeah, it, it would be nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. And you, you haven't got that far behind because I don't think that there's that, too many teams in here that are just going to walk away in this season. In that Western okay. Division, which is a dogfight, four and four is not a bad record after eight games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, William. Yes. The rumor the rumor around Calgary is that it's not a pectoral muscle. The rumor okay, what is, is that it? it's a shoulder it's a shoulder again. 
Okay. Yeah, that's not the good. shoulder he hurt the shoulder he hurt two years ago. And I cringe because I remember Travis Lule and his shoulder. Okay. So I, I think they're gonna give Bo Levi as much time as they possibly can and if they keep on winning, well then he'll be on that he'll be on there for six games if not longer. Okay. Um I, I, it scares me because they're not saying anything about it. Okay, they, they told everybody they would get the results of the MRI on Tuesday, and they did. And then he got a second opinion, and then they put him on the sixth game, and they have not said anything about it. They just said they put him on the sixth game. Okay, so to me, that's that's kind of scary. So. Um, but as long as Nick Arbuckle plays well, you know, it doesn't really matter. Now, the other thing we got to realize is now, as of last night, everybody has a book on Nick Arbuckle. Okay. So they're going to start, they're going to start planning their defenses against Nick Arbuckle. It'll make a difference. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Sure. But yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, and and I saw the interview with Nick Arbuckle, and the first thing he said, well, yeah, I played well last night, and that game's over, and I'm moving on. So, luckily, I mean, and you won't be able to tell for two or three or four weeks because they play Hamilton next, and then after that they play Toronto, I do believe. So, I think Hamilton, you know, could go either way, and Toronto should be a win if my grandmother is playing quarterback, okay? So, should they should let them, you know, if they intend to keep Bo Levi Mitchell around for four years, they should give him a chance to heal. It's that simple. Because I think, Agreed. you know, you know, with, if you, and I'm using, I'm using Travis Lule as a perfect example. I think he came back too soon and he got that one hit and then he was out for the rest of the season. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to mention was, and even though I did mention Bo Bo Levi's fashion faux pas, my question, and a lot of people were saying it online today, where was Zach Kolaris yesterday? Yeah, he wasn't on the sidelines. Apparently he's he's in the east right now. And does that mean... He's done. I'm That's sure you know that. Seems like it. Well, you know, that depends. That depends on what's the matter with him, right? If he is concussed, sure, and, and he is having problems, and, and I'm not don't want to use the term mental problems, but he's having yeah. problems with his mind. Okay, because yes. this is a brain injury. It depends yes. on what he's doing in the East. Is he with some special neurological doctor? Is he on some rehab program? Is he in something else? Or is he hanging out with his grandma? Okay? Those, those are questions yeah. that you need to ask there. So let's not be critical of him unless we actually know what he's doing. No. And it also, it also depends on, on what he intends down, to do down the road in, in his future. They've always talked in Calgary that Bo Levi Mitchell, his goal is to become a coach sometime in the future. Okay? So this is the perfect time to get some experience at it and and help out the quarterback. You know what I mean? So Yeah. 
There's lots of things for people to do. Yeah. Absolutely. It's tough. It's it, it's a tough one. Okay. Mark. Go ahead. What's your thoughts on Bowley by Mitchell? Six-game injury list. Is he staying on it for the duration? It, what's going on? If Arbuckle keeps him up, like we've all said, I can be real quick on this. So, um, if Arbuckle keeps him 500-ish, even one game under 500, you leave Bo Levi Mitchell on the sixth game because then you have enough money sitting there for when and, or if uh, certain guys come back from NFL cuts, such as oh, Alex yeah. Singleton. Alex Singleton. If he doesn't make the NFL and he comes and he's looking for another job in the CFL again, they've got the money. Uh, I would believe that Calgary has the money no matter what. That's just how John Hopnagel builds a team. He, you he's know got what? enough reserve uh, money uh, right now for Alex to come back. With 700 and one player? Mm. Yeah, but um, if you guys uh, listen to Alex Singleton's interview on – on that podcast he was on when he was talking about Simone Lawrence should be banned yeah. for life or whatever the heck. Or, um, he also said Calgary has already offered him a contract and it's quite substantial and he would come back. He said that on the podcast. So, yeah, nice. So I think, I think they've put that money away. Oh, yeah. But, I have no doubt about that. He's a game changer. On the other hand, his replacement right now has been out of this world. What's his name? The 35-year-old guy. He's all Softy over the field. or something. He plays like he's 25 years old. He's a... What, what, oh, God, softy. I can't remember his name. No, it's not Softy. It's similar okay, to that. No, it's not. No, yeah, it's I'm pretty not. sure. He's been in... He's been in the CFL for a long time, and he went to the NFL for four years. Oh, you mean Greenwood? Yes, Corey Greenwood. He's been playing great. Okay. Yes, he has. So, yeah. so, but an Alex Singleton is going to give you five to seven years easy. Yeah. Okay? It, it, it's a guy named Fraser Sopek I'm talking about. Oh, he's a Canadian kid who had, uh, had a great play last night. So he had more than a couple. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Corey Greenwood was all over the field. So. Another Canadian kid. Yes. Okay. Mark. I think Mark just went, didn't he? I just, I literally just went. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I apologize. Yes. So that, yeah, that's game over on this one. Let's put Bo Levi Mitchell to bed. Uh, he's on the sixth game. I don't think he's coming off, and it would be really not in Calgary's best interest to do so. Uh, we really don't have a lot of time left in the show. Uh, the Riders' day, they will make a decision. Uh, hold on, what what on on Zach Calaris's future soon? Is there any real decision? Oh, is this Riders' uh, Jeremy O'Day? Yes. Oh, okay. 
Jeremy O'Day said they will make a decision on Zach Caleros' futures soon. Is there any real decision here? No, there's not. Why would you do this? Zach Caleros should know better. uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders are morons if they bring Zach Caleros back. This year, next year, any year. Okay? No team, at a certain point in time, no team should touch Zach Caleros. It, it like, should be, like, no. And uh, Zach is, needs protection from himself right now. Not, not from opposing defensive linemen. He needs protection from himself. Because right now he's making bad decisions if he thinks he's coming back to play football. We said the same thing about Ricky Ray. We said the same thing about Travis Lulee. We said the same thing about Buck Pierce. We said the same thing about a plethora of quarterbacks out there. There is a certain time in your career when it's over. Zach, you were there two years ago. Sorry. Does anybody have anything different to say? Nope. No, he should not play again. Nope. I don't even know why it's a question at this point. Well, you're put it on the agenda. I know I did. It's just a discussion, but I mean, it's, that doesn't mean like I think it should be. I think he should be done. Yeah. It's over. It's over for him. Okay, moving on. Montreal Alouette's Mark Brule made a suggestion that sliding feet first should be removed from the game because defensive players do not know how to react and can cause serious injuries. Does he have a valid point? Here's my answer to this. If a quarterback crosses the line of scrimmage, he's a player. He's a running back. He's not a quarterback anymore. He's a running back. And if he chooses to cross the line of scrimmage, he's, he's going to get hit. I don't think we're protecting quarterbacks anymore once they cross the line of scrimmage. I really have a problem with this hook slide. It, it's, it's not fair to anybody. This hit of Simone Lawrence on Zach Caleros was not Lawrence's fault. It's it's not. It was not Simone Lawrence's. I'm going to get hate mail from the Riders fans. I couldn't give a shit. It wasn't Simone Lawrence's fault. Zach Caleros hook slid too late. Lawrence was committed, and you don't stop a freight train on a dime. Can't happen. I don't give a shit what you're trying to tell me. Can't happen. Okay? And it happens against Mike Riley, and it happens against... Uh, Matt Nichols, sort of. He didn't survive quite as well. Uh, but I don't know how many times out there we, we're watching quarterbacks do this and get slammed by other um, by defensive players, bounce up and get out. Okay? So if you can't bounce off and get out, you shouldn't be crossing the line of scrimmage. Take the hook slide out? Yeah, take the hook slide out. Quarterbacks are fair game once they go across the line of scrimmage. Everybody knows it. Live with it. Charles, your thoughts? Did you say it Will? Makes a good... oh, no, I sorry. didn't say Will. I said Charles. 
okay, that's what I thought. Okay, I wasn't hearing things. All right. Uh, it makes a good point, though. I mean, when you're going to hit somebody and they slide, if you're there and you try to hit them, it's, uh, you're going to get, uh, you, you, there's very little thing you can do to it. You, you can't just, um, when you're in the middle of a hit, you can't really stop yourself because you don't, the human body does not react like that. It just doesn't. So when you've got someone there and you're trying to, uh, go after them because literally you could go into your, uh, in to make a hit and then the quarterback could start sliding after that. And if you make contact, you get penalized for it. How is that really fair? Because, like I said, you can't just stop like that. People say, well, you should hold up. It's not that easy, folks. The football is a game of seconds. And things happen in football. Yeah. And things happen in football far quicker than the human body can react to them. So to sit there and say, uh, you got to, you know, pull back and so on and it just doesn't, it's not uh, so cut and dry. That That's not how things work. So maybe there is some sort of um, thing you can do here because, quite frankly, it almost seems like the hook slide is becoming more dangerous than a head-first slide. Agreed. So, yeah, maybe I think maybe it's something you look at. Uh, if not, um, like you said, once the quarterback crosses the line, he becomes a running back. And he and he's going to either run or he's not. Yeah, you make that choice. But if you make that choice, you may get hit. That's all I got to say. Okay, William, what do you think on this one? This is a good subject. You know what? I I wouldn't agree with you guys until last week, and I watched the Hamilton game. And uh, uh, whoever, sorry, Montreal guy got called on a on a when Mazzoli hook slid, and it was seconds, and and he touched Mazzoli. He didn't hurt him, and they threw the flag. You know, Jeremiah Mazzoli is notorious for trying to run through people. Okay, and at the last second, he hook slide, and this guy was probably getting ready to take the impact of Mazzoli because Mazzoli is not a small guy, okay? He's uh, he's pretty jacked, and he looks like he's pretty strong. And when I saw that the other night, I thought to myself, the minute they cross the line of scrimmage, they should be considered a running back. Yeah, you still can't hit him in the head, okay? You can't lead with your head, but you should be able to tackle them. And I think they should basically outlaw this hook slide because let's face it, quarterbacks are football players. They're and if you don't be. want them to get hurt, if you don't want them to get hurt, then they don't run the ball. Okay. And you know, you know, a Mike Riley guy will always run the ball. A Matt Dunnigan guy will always run the ball. Okay. And Bo Levi won't. And that's okay. Hey, Bo Levi doesn't because Bo and Levi is right. dead. He's, it's, you know, and, and, of course, Matt Nichols should never run the ball regardless if they change the rule or not. Okay. It's not called Sorry, running. Mark, I'm, picking, I, I'm picking on Matt Nichols today because looked, he looked like an 80-year-old woman going grocery shopping. Anyways, um, 
But, yeah, I think once they cross the line of scrimmage, it should be open season. Sorry. Agreed. I, I'm not, I'm not there arguing there. Okay. Uh, Mark, jump up here. This is actually a perfect one because I forgot about it in the BC Toronto game. On one of Riley's scrambles, he was running, I think he ran for about eight or nine yards, and it looked like he was about to get surrounded and he was going to hook slide. The Toronto defender, I couldn't catch who it was, literally stopped and just waved his arm. And Riley ran right past him. Mm-hmm. The defender thought Riley was about to hook slide. And they're so terrified of getting penalized for touching the guy, he just stopped. Yeah. He literally went, oh, shit, he's going to hook slide. I can't touch him. And he backed off and kind of waved his arm at him, and Riley just ran by. I'm not saying Riley faked a hook slide or anything like that. I'm not making how, that I, I don't know how you could fake one. No, you can't. But that's what it's doing. These guys are scared to hit quarterbacks. And you Mike can't Riley, blame them. No, Mike Riley can take a hit. And when it comes to the hook slide, ask Buck Pierce about hook slides. The bomber coaches used to beg him to hook slide. He said, I hook slid once. That was my second concussion of my career. Never doing it again. Can't blame him. Agree with him. When you hook slide, what part of your body is available? There's only one part. The highest part of your body is your head. You're going to get taken out, whether it's dirty or clean. Your head is getting contacted. The defender has one place to go on a hook slide. He's got to go down. So he's going to go down. The only spot left to hit is the quarterback's head. It's it's a contact sport. If they want to fix it, then they make it like a ringette-type rule where certain players can only go to certain spots on the ice and no further. The quarterback cannot cross the line of scrimmage. I said that three weeks ago, and you guys crucified me. The more I think about it, you're right. You can't cross the line of scrimmage. He shouldn't. No, make it a ringette rule. If they're going to, well, it's like, not even ringette. In National Hockey League, the goalie can't go across the center line. Yeah, just make it a rule. You can only go so far. Yeah. And if you cross the line of scrimmage, it's not a penalty, but it's a dead ball. He, he's not allowed to throw the ball. Once he's passed the line of scrimmage, why should he yep. allowed to be be allowed to carry it? It's just there. I get it. It's player safety. It's concussions. But can next year the new rule be just make it flag football? No. Well, that's the way it's going. I I, I, I think that you just it. I agree with you. Dead ball. He got back to the line of scrimmage. It's not a sack. When I'm watching defenders literally stop because they don't want to hit someone, and that's their job, it's not like he just kind of he he pulled a Deron Carter and went, I'm not trying. Because as soon as he <laughs> realized that Riley was still running, he ran after him. He literally thought Riley was about to go into a hook slide, so he stopped. 
That's not football. He That's he needs football. to learn. He needs to learn who he's playing against. Okay, if that was Mitchell or any other quarterback, the guy would have hook slid. But it's Mike Riley. He's not going to do that. Nope, he never has. No, he's not going to do that. But Ambrosia and the Rules Committee have made the players think of it, though. It's in the back of their minds, especially with Tuesday coming. Tuesday's the hearing for uh, Lawrence. Yeah, I, personally, I, I don't think he should He should have got suspended. I don't think he should have got suspended. Hmm. Yeah. Hate mail all you want, Ryder fans. Simone Lawrence, that was not his fault. That was Zach Caleros' fault for hook sliding too late. That was Saskatchewan Rough Riders' fault for having a fragile quarterback on the field. Okay? That was the CFL, the league's fault for allowing it to happen. Simone Lawrence did his job, plain and simple. You're going to penalize him for going after a quarterback? Why don't we just remove the defensive players completely? I don't know. Okay. We got one more on here. Oh, God. Schooner football. Really? You wanted to bring Sco- Schooner football group says that they are targeting 2021 to start date for their team to start playing in Moncton, New Brunswick, not Halifax, Nova Scotia. Whole another province over. Is there any hope of this being a reality? There has never been any hope of this being a reality. This was doomed to fail before it was announced. This was, we've been talking about this five freaking years and said what a dumb idea it is to have a 10th team in Halifax or in the Maritimes anywhere. There's no football interest. Put it in London, Ontario. Put it in Windsor, Ontario. That's where football should be played. Maybe Quebec City, but I don't think so until they get an NHL team. Saskatoon, dumb idea. Victoria, dumb idea. Okay, It needs to go into Southern California. That's where football is played. Okay? London, Ontario is where it needs to go. Anybody want to say anything? we got a minute and a half left in the show, so I'm going to wrap it up really quickly unless somebody wants to say something real fast on this. I do. I do. Oh. Charles, could you put this on the agenda for 2021, please? Sure. Yeah, thanks. We'll get right on we'll that. Do that then. Yeah. Okay? That's good for me, too. Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 372. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we have Talk Football. And, hey, that's what we do. Uh, When are we coming back? We're coming back on Wednesday night. And Wednesday night, we're going to preview a week five. Awesome. I love football. Football's seconds left here. Okay, we're going to run around the board and say goodnight. Charles, any shout-outs? Hey, big shout-out to Phil, by the way. Kind of yep. joined us on the last show, and uh, good to hear you back and in semi-good spirits, my friend. Uh, we miss you. And Phil's oh, dad, if you were listening. All right. And Thanks uh, dad, for listening, folks. We'll, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. I remembered Ronnie Miller. Okay, there you go. Yep. Mark, go ahead. 
Say good night. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Wednesday, and I bet you guys missed this. DC sucks. No, 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 no. Wait, I I was saying it for you. At the end of the show, did you not listen? No, he I did. did. Not. He actually yeah, said it for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, say goodbye. Good night, everybody. Go else. And they did. They took out Hamilton. Yay. This week they did.